Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us tonight for this million-dollar conversation. I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. As always, with me, DW in studio. Man, it's so good to be back with you. Yeah, it's good to be with you too. I, I don't know if I'm going to be here, you know, forever because I'm planning on winning that publisher's clearinghouse thing. Really? At five thousand a week for the rest of my life. Well, yeah. man, if you make it big, just don't forget who helped you to be successful or yeah, something. God. That's Jason. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Do you ever think of, of the craziness of like winning that $5,000 a week for life and then you can designate somebody else to win after you die the 5000 a week for their life? Wow. That's what, that's what they're giving away. Interesting. Who's giving this away? Publisher's Clearinghouse. Publisher's Clearinghouse. <laughs> yeah. How do you sign up? On the yeah, 30th, right? I don't know, go online. <laughs> and and uh, you, I, I don't know. I know that's their their thing because they've seen it advertised but i'm thinking five thousand a week a week that's a lot of money what i don't even for for life for life and then somebody like you could designate your children who are very young to to get five thousand a week for their life now the question is would you want your children to get that kind of money that's two hundred sixty thousand dollars a year i know would you want your children to get that kind of money and not work (laughs) i don't think so yeah so what would you do with it Buy a lot of I know that's not what probably. our show is about. How, how, how dare I deviate? But I'm just throwing <laughs> something out there for for the fun of it because I, I for some reason I thought, what if someone like me? What would you do with that? I mean, I'm, I would be so like out of my norm. You know my Swedishness, right? Yes. So we're, we're not very emotional. So I had a dream about me winning this, and the guy came. You know how they come with the balloons and everything on TV? Yeah. And he Henry, I said thank you, and I shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and told Linda, you know, we got 5000 a week for the rest of our lives, and I guess we should designate one of our kids for the other. That would be hard, huh? You know what? I, there was no emotion at all. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, here's the plan. Look, and then I went to work like normal and just did everything, because I love what I do. So it wasn't right. like it changed anything. Right. I just went. I could give away more money. I thought, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with this. Isn't that weird? I mean... That's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it'd probably make you happy for a long time, That's wouldn't it? That's a lot of money. Uh, yeah, for about 10. I just showed you how happy. I, I, I grabbed it and <laughs> said, thank you, shut the door. <laughs> maybe, maybe at my age, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just a lot of money is a lot of money, but now you have a lot of responsibility. I don't know if you ever think of that. Um, yep. You know, I know a guy that's got billions of dollars and, uh, well, I think he does. He's, he's <laughs> I'm sure he's a billionaire. And... One of the great fears he has is giving the money to his kids mm. to just give it to him and without understanding how to use it and that kind of thing. He he at one point in his life was a policeman. 
he just made a policeman's salary, that kind of thing. And they changed his profession, struck it rich. So he understood what it was like not to have it and that kind of stuff. But to have children that just get stuff handed to them, mm-hmm. you know, is that good? Hmm. That's the question, I guess. Would you be loving to your children by giving them that kind of asset? Or would it be more dangerous for them in life? Yeah. And what's really important? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's really important? Is it is it that money? Is that what's important? I think it's a great question. And tonight we're continuing our conversation from last week. Last week, if you remember the show, uh, we talked about living with margin. And I think it kind of fits in talking about money, talking about all the different things that we do to create emotional margin. We're going to talk about this tonight on the show. Don't forget, we also are on the tweet back. So if you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB. If you're on with us, you can listen, you can share your thoughts, you can email us as well. Email hope at hopenet360.com. But emotional margin, guys, um, defining this because I think it's really critical in the realm of those who are leaders, especially uh, in the fact that many leaders today that even that I've talked to recently are experiencing burnout and just feeling overwhelmed, feeling maybe like they have their own, they have a really well-off career, but they're just feeling this discontent, this just not wanting to continue on with where they're at in life, that there's just something that's emotionally just draining them. And I think a lot of leaders struggle with this and they go through burnout and oftentimes they go through it alone. And so tonight I kind of want to talk about this and get your thoughts on that because sometimes we look for the paycheck, we look for the money, the kind of the fringe benefits to give us that sense of satisfaction or happiness. And oftentimes it leads us to a place where emotionally we're a wreck. Yeah. You know, let me ask you something. Why would it be that somebody after a long time making a great salary, doing a lot of work, et cetera, making a lot of money and doing, would would say, I'm burned out. I don't even want it. I can't even enjoy it. Why would they get there? Possibly because the money can't deliver? Definitely one possibility. The other part is just the strain. You know, you could you could be a, a CEO or a top executive, but just the grind, the daily, day-to-day stuff, constant change, um, a lot of different factors. Let me flip it back at you, though. The, the Apostle Paul certainly had a lot of, you know, grind every day. Yeah. He had a lot of stuff going on. I mean, he was a tent maker and preaching and drawn in jail and beat up and bruised and stoned and, and shipwrecked. And, and yet he kept going. Does emotional margin mean that we try and do nothing so that we have margin or or do we do things that have great purpose and is it is it that I get older and I'm looking at maybe I'm a CEO for a Fortune 500 company making millions of dollars and you know I'm starting work at 5 in the morning not going home till midnight you know and that kind of thing and say well you're burned out well maybe I'm not getting out of it what I thought I would mm-hmm. and and I lose my desire to do it anymore is that possible that is definitely possible. Jason, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that sometimes we get so, uh, our priorities when we're doing something almost gets mixed up. And so it impacts the way that we're living our life. And sometimes we get so involved into something and then all of a sudden we stop and think, it's like, well, what's going on here? You yeah. know? What did it cost you to really get the money? Right. Relationships? Mm-hmm. Cost you your time? Cost you And eventually you go, I don't like this. And was it even worth it? Yeah. Yeah. This is a hard question sometimes. There's a lot of very rich, very wealthy, very famous, lonely people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As is evidenced by, I mean, it, there's there's probably a statistic out there, Jeff, on how many very wealthy people commit suicide or whatever else might be. But it's, it, it's obviously that wealth and power and notoriety is not something that delivers on what we think it will deliver. And if we think it will deliver, we're going to be in trouble. 
I would totally agree. I think, you know, the people that we see as, I guess, our model celebrities or people that are celebrity status, they may not be model celebrities, but, and I don't want to emphasize too much on the celebrity culture, but we tend to look at people that are highly visible, what Hollywood puts out there, whether it's in our movies or it's, you know, our pop culture, we look at these different people and oftentimes, yeah, they, they really can't be who they are. I think one of the things that leads to emotional burnout is when you're trying to lead a double life. We're going to talk more about this in the show because I think it's there are a lot of similarities between not just celebrities, but every average individual out there. There are things that we all face at some degree, and, and celebrities have other things that may or may not weigh on them more. But I think in general, as human beings, we've got situations, we've got things that emotionally are causing us stress and we're not handling them well. And I think that's what's coming down to where you've got celebrities that end up checking into rehab and they're, you know, getting help for things that are that, that have become addictions in the life because they've really wrestled with trying to manage the burnout, the emotional strain that's going on in their life. And I think every one of us deals with this and how do we handle it very well? Well, we're going to talk about this on the show tonight. Connect with us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. Also, if you're going through something tonight, maybe you're experiencing burnout. I would really encourage you tonight to make use of the chat lines. You can chat with a live coach anytime at hopenet360.com. And this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show, Jeff DW. Jason is back with us. I can't believe I didn't really mention that, but Jason is back on the show. I'm back. Finally. Finally. It's so good to have you back, Jason. It, it is fantabulous to be back, I must say. It's, he, I missed that. He's paid his penance. He's a Bear fan, so X amount of time every year we ask him not to be here. Oh, wow. Wow. That was... Yeah. yeah. It's just what we have to do. I tell you. Next Sunday is the big game. It is. Bears and Packers, man. All right. Soldier Field. Yep. Bears are going to win it. Yeah. Well... You're the only one that thinks so. Well, <laughs> I also think you're going to eat a peep at the end of the season. Yeah, well, I promise you this. If the Bears win the Super Bowl, I will eat a peep online, live. 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 You've heard it here, folks. If the Bears live. win the Super Bowl, I will eat a pink peep. Can I choose the peep? You can. Okay. You oh, can. boy. Is there any limitations to the peep that I choose? It has to be a small size. (laughs) I shouldn't have asked that on the air. I should have just came up with the because you would have come in with a 10-foot peep that I would have to eat, and I would be throwing up for days. Oh, it would have been glorious. (laughs) No. It will be glorious. It won't be because that's like the safest thing I ever said in my entire life. We'll see. We'll see. But no, it's great to be back. And I know it's been a busy summer for you, and now things are finally settling in. Uh, in the school year, and I know we're excited here on the show. We're almost to 100 episodes. This is uh, this is exciting, too, just on the way to 100. I'm not sure what we're quite doing exactly yet, but I know Dave's got some ideas, and we got some things to do. Are we going to bring streamers? Love. Are we going to? Um, we could bring streamers. All right. Yeah, Silly String, maybe. Yeah. I could bring peeps. Decorate the studio. Yeah, we could bring peeps and put them in microwaves. And then just. Blow them up. Throw them out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> just watch Have you them ever blow done up. that? Oh, come on. I'm not saying. Put a in a micro- microwave? I'm not saying. Have you? I'm Why? not saying. You have. Haven't you done it in like a, haven't you put like a marshmallow in a fire before? 
Yeah. It's probably the same thing. Probably. Why don't you anyway, try it? I miss the campfires for sure. No, I'm saying the microwave. Go ahead. Give it a wing. See, see what it does. Put yeah. it on in for about five minutes. Five minutes? <laughs> no. On, on high. <laughs> no. And then run. <laughs> no. That's terrible. Uh, anyway, that's not our conversation tonight. We're you want to talk about emotional margin. You're not going to have any if you do that. I'm telling no, you. No, you won't. You'll, yeah. Someone's going to be mad. Yeah. Someone's going to be very mad. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about emotional margin on the show. Not margarine, like we said last week. Uh, not margarine, because that would be weird. But emotional margin is all about creating, uh, in some way, a balance. Now, I know there's some ideas of living a balanced life out there. I've seen different blog posts. How do you live a balanced life? I, I tend to, in this stage of my life, Dave, think that balance and trying to find a perfect balance in life is just not possible. Now, that's not pessimistic. But I really do. I mean, when you have kids, when you've got events, when you've got stuff going on at church, trying to find balance, and a lot of times we equate that to a routine schedule, I just think that's a kind of a fruitless venture. But I think that's one thing that people will really tend to wear on their emotional margin is by trying to stick to a routine that's just not possible. It's just not going to hold up in every season of life. There's too many things we don't control. I mean, today there's many things you don't control. So good luck trying to figure out how to control them all because you're not going to. But the, the, the thing I would ask is, what do you mean by balanced life? I mean, I, I would ask you and Jason both, what, what is a balanced life? What, what, what do we mean by that term? Because I, I don't mind talking about it. I'm just not sure what it means. I think as we use the phrase balanced life, I think it's coming to a point where, you know, we're, we're content with our job. We're content with our family. You know, even to point out like Dave, you know, you always talk about how work isn't work because, you know, it's something you love to do. You know, there's good balance there. And then when things come up that you don't plan on, you, you take it in stride, you know, and so I think with, with a balanced lifestyle become almost in essence has this balance of emotional. Um, right. So the balance you're talking about is more like the balance of knowing that God is in charge, working hard and, and going with what happens rather than developing one particular area so strong that you're out of balance. Like, like let's say I set a schedule. I set right. a calendar schedule. But I wake up today and I'm going to plant petunias, you know, somewhere. Right. It, but it's it's 10 below zero and, and snowing like crazy. Well, I'm not planting petunias today. So I, I changed my schedule and I'm okay with that because I'm not in charge of that stuff so it doesn't bum me out in right. that sense. And um, if you're on balance, you'd flip out. Yeah, because you have a schedule and you need to keep it no matter right. what. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, because it's interesting to me when people use certain terms, you know, like I need to have a balanced life. Does Does, does that mean that I give, you know, work eight hours and I give my family eight hours and I give charity eight hours. How much is left in a day? I don't even know now. But That's 24. Yeah, so we just lost it all. So, I, but, but, I mean, what does the balance actually look like when I hear that? And sometimes I think people use that term balance to try and be irresponsible or lazy. Mm. Like, I don't want mm. to do this because I want to have a balanced life and they actually don't do anything anyway. They go home and just sit in front of a screen and watch some sitcoms or something. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's balancing life in my estimation. So I just wondered what you meant by balance because we use the term and I think it'd be good if we actually understood it. The way that I understand it as now a 30-something, I'm not a 20-something anymore, guys. This is one of those watch things out. where I still haven't, I know, I still have not figured this all out in life. But the thing that I've 
probably grabbed onto when people talk about a balanced life is we really want to give equal time or equal credence to the work life and then the party life or the pleasure whoa, life. Whoa, whoa, and I think there's whoa. there's something to that, especially with today's generation, that we want it we want to balance out the work with the pleasure and give equal time and if those aren't balancing out i don't know this is what i see happening in our culture do you guys find that what if work is pleasure is it yeah i think so i think so and that's an interesting question to bring up yeah i love going to work and i love going home i love both i mean i love them both but you can't always party at work come on you're talking to a swede here (laughs) we don't party I think that, just, that, that, that's the wrong term. I think you just kicked your leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're getting emotional, I, no, Dave. Party's the wrong word. But <laughs> regardless, I mean, honestly, I love going home, doing stuff with my wife. I love going home, cutting wood. I love coming in to work. And some people do. They do like what they do. And other people uh, work 60, sometimes 70, 80-hour weeks. And that's not fun. Maybe that's what we're talking about with emotional stability. I mean, if you're working a job and you're doing it just for money and it's taken you from all the other things in life. Now now we're talking balance. So, so I'll come to work and I love work, but then I'll go home and I love home. I mean, so I'll do both. But if you're doing something that drains you, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. You know, maybe there's something else. I think God's wired people in a way where there's a certain thing that he's wired you to do. And when you do it. It's like, no kidding, you can get paid for this? <laughs> I mean, when I taught school, I was a school teacher. I loved teaching school. I'd go in there, and I'd, I'd enjoy the kids, and I would teach them, and I'd have a relationship. I loved it. It wasn't. And when I started, I, I only taught for three years. And my third year, I had what you what we're describing. I was, I was feeling like it's not where I belonged. I was feeling like I was frustrated because I couldn't give in a public school setting the gospel. Mm. I couldn't do that. And I was feeling like, you know what, I have a better message to give out. I, I would like to spend more of my time teaching the Bible and less teaching um, arithmetic. You know what I mean? I, I would like to do that. Yeah. I was a fifth grade teacher. And so that I began to feel burned out mm. because I was going to a job that was basically draining my energy rather than giving me energy. Mm. And And when I quit that and I moved up here, to where we only made 150 bucks a month, but it, it no longer drained my energy. It gave me energy. Hmm. And so, and I've been that way for 30 some years now. So it's a matter, I think, of, of looking at what we do in life and having the courage to say, this is a drainer. We can talk about this more in the next segment because this also goes with personalities. Mm-hmm. When you talk about introvert, extrovert, there's, there's things that drain people and there's things that give them energy. We should probably keep talking about this a little bit. I would agree. And when we come back, we want to also talk a little bit about what we should expect in our life these expectations we have of balancing out the work and balancing out the party if this is even something that works in life we're going to talk about that more on the show connect with us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com also if you go check out our website hopenet360.com you can subscribe to this hopenet radio podcast on your favorite podcast app so go and check it out for yourself hopenet360.com slash podcast and this conversation will continue here on hopenet radio we're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Jeff and Dave with you tonight. Jason's also in studio. 
And we're talking about emotional margin, making sure that we're setting up emotional margin in our life. And we talked about balance, guys. I know even as leaders, balance in life can be difficult. And it doesn't have to be just between balance of work life and pleasure or party and that sort of thing. I think sometimes we overemphasize the need to party in today's world. Americans are known for partying. Wisconsin's known for its partying. And uh, I don't think that's really necessarily a great message to send to our young people is, man, we got to we gotta balance out work life and partying life. I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. But I think, though, even if we end up partying too much or we put emphasis on some things in life, our expectations get out of alignment. Dave, you talk a lot about this, that eventually expectations in life, whether it's of our work life or our personal life, goals that we want to accomplish, different things, different plans that we've set for ourselves – uh, we end up getting ourselves into trouble emotionally when those things don't work out in life. Dave, I know you have a lot of thoughts, leadership, burnout, yeah. things. I'd love to know some of the expectations that we have in life that are just, they tend to lead us towards that mark of just burning out. First of all, if you're a leader, one of the things you have to realize is that you're not a leader for your own good. When people are all about themselves, that's when burnout is highest. Hmm. Because they want everyone else about themselves as well. And, it, and and that's not how the world works. We were created to be about others, not about ourselves. And so when we're about ourselves, we're out of balance. That isn't how it works. So as a leader, if I'm a leader, the reason I'm a leader is so that I can make those that are with me successful. That's it. And so what I have to do is I have to model things that are right, and I have to look at them and make them successful. And if I'm doing that, then I'm leading. Now, if you go into leadership with the wrong expectations and you're believing that being a leader means that I get to boss people around and I don't have to answer to as many people, I get the things done my way, you're going to be in for a rough go of it (laughs) because that's not what it is. In fact, um, there are many times, uh, Jason, you work here at camp. You're part of our, our team here. At the end of the summer, we were talking about next summer's theme. And one of the questions I had for you was, well, what do you need for this theme? And you said you wanted a... Stagecoach. That's it. (laughs) So what we did was we began to look for a stagecoach. And eventually uh, someone was able to say, I'll buy it. We found one. We bought it. We're going to... You know what's really interesting here is my job as a leader was to try and find out what Jason needed and to try and do what I could to get it. It isn't to control what he does with it. Hmm. It isn't to control him. It isn't to control. So as a leader, then, I'm successful, not because people will look at me and say, man, what, you know, we couldn't survive without you. Because honestly, the summer program here, my job is to make sure Jason does it well, not for me to do it well. And so I need to find out what he needs. Jason needs to look at those who come up here and work with him to make them successful. Mm -hmm. And when we get in that mind frame, it's really hard to burn out, by the way, then. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because then you know, it's almost like a ladder because then my job is to make my program team successful. Right. Because they're the ones who essentially run. And their job everything. is to make the counselors successful and the counselors to make the campers successful. Now we're in a pattern that we're actually created to live in. Right. Where if it was always about me, I need to make me successful. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. Um, I would guess and venture to say that there is a certain amount of success. If I make Jason successful and everyone around me successful, then people are saying, well, you're the guy in charge of the ministry, so you're successful. Well, I guess if A equals B and B equals C, that's, you know, I guess A equals C as well. So uh, perhaps. 
But the goal is not Dave Wager, otherwise I'm going to burn out. Because what would happen if we have this great program thing going and I would be walking around all the time saying, look what I got, look what I did for the program, look what I did. That would be crazy. In fact, it's not it. It, the, The other thing is, as Jason and I have talked, there's two goals in life, to make other people successful and obviously to love God with all our heart, knowledge, soul, and mind. So we want to show who God is. So in the process, we just use the stage coach, for example, but the process that's involved, believe me, we see how God was involved in the process of getting us to stagecoach. So as Jason and I talk, I thought, wow, look what God did here. Look what God did there. This is very cool. And in the process, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that Jason is successful at his program and, and, and that I am successful helping him and helping others see who God is through this. And through our conversation, and Jason gets to point to God as well because that's what he needs to do. So in that, it's hard to burn out mm-hmm. because we're – we're doing something in a very balanced way. Is that accurate, Jason? No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that there's a lot of truth behind that. And when we think about other contexts, I mean, obviously that's the context of your camp, but whether you're at work or whatever you do, I think it's the same sort of principle is that when you're putting God first and putting others next, it's a lot easier to have that margin in your life because when things happen, you're like, all right, God, what What's going on here? You know, what what can you teach me? You yeah, know, and you're how not, do I need to adjust? And you're not carrying the burden for everything. Right. I mean, they're burdens you're not meant to carry. And if you're going to carry them, they're going to crush you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to carry the burden of making sure. For example, when you said we need a stagecoach, I did not need to carry the burden of providing a stagecoach mm-hmm. or feel like a failure. I didn't have to do that. What I did was I was able to go to our Heavenly Father. Now, this is the realistic expectation part and say, I have no way to find a stagecoach. I don't know anyone that has a stagecoach. I don't have any money for a stagecoach, but that's what we would need to, you know, according to our planning that would be nice to have to be. So God, would you provide one? So then I go on Craigslist. I find one and and there's a long process that we're not going to put on radio here, but eventually what happens is there's one provided for. It's going to be restored. It's going to be available. It's going to be ready for next year. And, and I didn't have the pressure of doing that. All I had to do is get the word out and say, God, if you want it done, let's get it done. God said, I want it done. It's done. So now I'm not facing burnout. I'm, I'm doing the Akuna Matata thing yeah. because it's, it couldn't be better in that sense. And others come here and say, how do you keep getting all this done? <laughs> My standard answer is, I don't know. And they look at me like, you do too. There's a secret somewhere way down in that heart of yours. There's a way to do this. There is. Be incompetent, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I can't make this stagecoach. I can't, I, those kinds of things. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You trust God. Now all of a sudden, I am not carrying a burden I was not meant to carry. Mm-hmm. So I can actually enjoy the process. And if we didn't get a stagecoach, and Jason, you know me well enough to know, if we didn't get it, I'd be saying, well, we didn't get it. So there's something else. Let's get a picture of a stagecoach, you know, put it up somewhere. And that may not have been our plans, but it's not for me to carry a burden that I shouldn't carry. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Yeah. And I think that's important. What, wh- whoever's listening, whatever leadership position you are as a parent or as a, a, a business or whatever, if you are going to take the responsibility on of making sure everything is the way it should be, then you're taking on God's responsibilities. Yeah. You're going to get crushed under that one because there's no way to live that way. It's important that you live right. It's important that I love God today and I love Jason, the other staff people, whatever. It's important I do that. 
but it's all, and it's important that I plan and I move forward and I try and do, but it's also important for me to realize there's a lot that I do not control, but the one who loves me controls it and to rest in that fact. Control is the big point of emphasis here, Dave. You said it well, and I thought you said it to a point where it's it's so tangible, where we really try to control outcomes, we try to control our situations. We really think in our human mindset, we think leadership equates control. Maybe from an inexperienced leader, that is true. For those who have been in a leadership role, they realize as much as you try to control a situation, uh, that usually reflect. It usually comes out to just failing and falling apart. I've found in my life, the more I try to control things, the worse off I am, not just emotionally, but even in the situation, even the, the job or the thing I'm trying to accomplish, it just, it falls apart because my plans are still short-sighted. And one of the passages that we're going to talk about tonight is in first Corinthians chapter one, where it talks about how God uses the wisdom of this world to look foolish. He takes the simple things and he confounds those that are wise. And in our own world, when we, when we look at you know what it means to be a leader. We oftentimes think, if I just control this situation, if I just control this person, I will be set. I will see things accomplished. I will live a happy, wealthy, prosperous life. My business will thrive because I am in control. But that doesn't work. It, it hardly ever works. And it takes breaking down. It takes painful situations often to learn that the hard way. And that's oftentimes what leads to emotional drain in our life is when you go through those times where there's pain involved, but it's oftentimes our attitude when we go through that. So we're going to talk about this in the show as we continue on tonight. Join us on the tweet back. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We're on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTB and the conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show, the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation or you want to go and share it with your friends, we hope you would visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. You can subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. And every Sunday night, we release a new episode of HopeNet Radio. So go check it out. Share this show with your friends because I think so many people are struggling with this very thing we're talking about tonight, emotional drain, emotional margin, and not having enough emotional margin in their life. They feel burned out. They feel uh, used. They feel like they have nothing left to give. A lot of times, this is a mindset, but so many of us allow ourselves to continue on in this way of thinking, this way of living Dave and I hosting on the show tonight. Jason's back with us. It's good to have you back, Jason. I love having you in studio and just your thoughts, your wisdom. And sometimes you bring up that football team that is also known in Chicago as the Bears. They changed the name to Chicago Peeps. Yes. Duh, Bears. Chicago Peeps. Duh, Bears, the 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 Bears. I have no idea where that's from, but uh, <laughs> we're going to play you guys next Sunday. So I'm excited. Yeah. To uh, watch the Packers, it's, it's win. from the most educated group on, in the land. It's the, okay, the Bears. <laughs> I'll be I'll be around for your guys' apologies next week. So don't All right. worry. Uh, it may have to happen, but we'll see. Because uh, it is a game, and you never know what happens in these silly games. And so true. much, so true. much emotionally goes into the Packers and the Bears and their football teams these days. Emotionally, we can allow ourselves to get drained on that. I am emotionally drained. Because I had Jordy Nelson on my fantasy. You did? Oh, that's rough. 
He did. Gone. 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 I have no hope. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but you could pick up Reggie Wayne in his place. I could. There you go. I don't know why I would, but I could. (laughs) I tried to segue there and, and get into the emotional drain part of it because, yeah, we do drain emotionally from watching our football teams and we get really excited when they win and we get really disappointed and discouraged when they lose and... Man, it's something weird in Green Bay, at least when the Packers lose. I won't get into that too much. But emotionally, we get on this roller coaster in football season. But in life in general, we allow ourselves to get so emotionally invested sometimes where it becomes dangerous. not saying don't get emotionally invested. I know, Dave, you're not an emotional kind of a guy necessarily. Not that you don't have emotions. You have emotions, though, Dave. What? (laughs) (laughs) You're just Swedish. Yeah. Yeah, just look... Like a sweet. I've told you before, I like to know the outcome of the game before I watch yes. it. And if I do that, and that's how life is. I know the outcome of life. So all I got to do is follow the parameters. I know how it's going to end. I don't know how my personal life is going to end, but I know how the whole story ends. And when you know how it ends, if you live in the context of how it ends, you can relax no matter what happens along the way. So if I know like the Bears and Packers play and I know like I wasn't home and and I know I say who won, and they say the Packers beat them real badly, whatever, okay. So then I go and I, I turn the recording on or whatever, and I see the Packers just stinking it up for a series of plays. I'm not even concerned at that mm-hmm. point because I know they yeah. win. But what if they lost? Then I wouldn't be concerned either because I know they lost. I mean, I know the end. <laughs> right. So it doesn't bother me anymore. I mean, think about it when you watch – uh, a, a play, uh, regardless of what sport, you know, you may like some other sport, but but you don't know the outcome yet, and you see each play develop, and, and you're wondering how this play will yeah. affect the whole. Mm. So really what you're saying is that your understanding of the bigger picture impacts your expectations. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love knowing the outcome before I watch the game. I do. Mm. My, my brother doesn't. He never wants to know it. He likes the tension, yeah. you know, and other people do, and that's fine. I like to know the outcome. And when I read the Bible, I actually know the outcome. So no matter what the detail is right now, I know how it's going to end. Yeah. And we're going to end victoriously. So you talk about that giving me emotional you know, stability. Mm-hmm. It does. Because no matter what happens, the Apostle Paul did that in the Bible. You know, it's pretty much, you know, he said, well, for me to live is Christ right. and to die is gain. Right? Yeah. So it's like, well, if I live, I'm going to. So people would come up to him and say, well, we're, we need to punish you, so we'll murder you. He goes, I win. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we're not going to murder you. We're going to keep you here. You win because I get to give you the gospel. <laughs> and, and then they had to go back to their committee meeting and say, we can't beat this guy. Right. You know, no matter what we do, he wins. Yeah, yeah you know why? Because he knows the end. So you're not going to get him to, to give in. He's not going to. I think that if some of our listeners are really suffering with you know, this burnout or that I think you're not looking at the end or maybe you're not in God's family or maybe you don't understand what it is to, to live in grace and understand God's love and mercy for you. And maybe you need to go to the live coaches at hopenet360.com and, um, and, and, and talk to one of them. But I'm telling you, when you, you know, I know the eventual outcome. Everything's going to be fine. Now, again, if, if you're living a life where you're avoiding God and you're saying, well, the outcome, everything's going to be fine, then you're living in a fantasy world and you should be concerned. Mm-hmm. But if you adjust your life to the eventual outcome, right. now all of a sudden you're not going to be burned out. First Corinthians 1 talks a lot about this, and Paul uses some interesting language in here where he's, he's talking to these, these Greek people, people that were wise, people that were not only wealthy, but 
affluent sorts of people. And he says, remember this, in, in, starting in verse 26, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. And as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. This is interesting, Dave, because we talked about control. We talked about uh, ways that we end up burning out emotionally. And a lot of it comes back to control. It's having expectations. But even in the way that sometimes we look to the world and the wisdom of this world to give us the answers to get us through our current situation or crisis in our life. And oftentimes God doesn't use those things. He uses things like an inconveniencing situation where your, your car breaks down and somehow things work out. It's really interesting. Again, you know the end result. If today I'm loving God and walking with God, if I'm doing that, when my car breaks down, could it be that I need to talk to a mechanic about Jesus? Could it be that, could it be that I'm missing the bigger picture? Maybe. Because what's important in life? Is it me and my car and my comfort? Is that what's important? No, it isn't. So getting the right expectation. When I get sick and I have to go in to see the doctor or I need it, is it because one of the assistants needs to hear about Jesus? Does the doctor need somebody to talk to? Does it See, all of a sudden... Knowing that you're not in control, but somebody is, and yielding your life to the one who is changes everything about what you do, and it, it avoids burnout like 100%. Yeah, and that even goes back to what we were talking about at the, at the start of this episode, where this whole balanced lifestyle, really what it's getting at is understanding that bigger picture that, you know, God has this plan, and he's in control, and it's, and like you said, he's already won, and so then we need to fit our lives within that context right. and adjust our expectations. Right. And sometimes we lose sight of that and think that we have to do it. Yeah. And you said a key thing there, Jason. We have to put our lives in context with his, right. with what his plan yeah. is. It, I'm, I'm afraid some people hear me say stuff like this and they get lazy. They don't ever change their oil. They never rotate their tires. Their car goes bad and they go, I'm, well, I'm looking for the good in this. Well, the good in it is get your tires rotated and your oil changed. <laughs> right. I mean, there's things that we do that we should be doing and just a result of our, our laziness or whatever mm -hmm. else, that needs to be corrected. I'm talking about you've done things you should. You've taken care of things you should. And then they still go sour. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, look for the plan at this point. Now, if you need to learn a lesson by changing your oil more often, learn that plan. Right. Because now you're just getting a result of you being uh, somebody who's unorganized. <laughs> and that oftentimes that will lead to emotional, emotional burnout is just not being organized. And I think that's always a learning process. There's always things that we can improve on, things that we can get better. Oftentimes as a leader, when you're in situations where you feel like you're just burned out, sometimes we talked about physical burnout last week when you just kind of allowed your schedule to dictate that, I think. Emotional burnout, though, is still tied to a schedule. Are you trying to fall into a routine or follow a routine that is just not doable? Are you not setting enough of a schedule where you're trying to, I guess, maintain a routine? Sometimes not having a routine is bad in itself. Dave, we talk a lot about that, too. When you know we end up getting lazy and we sleep in and sleep too much, 
some of these things can be a negative just as much as they are a positive. And by our default, we end up going to our weakness. We're going to talk more about this when we come back here in the show. Chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Connect with us on the tweet back right now. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to read your messages, retweet them. Also, we'll include them in tonight's show notes, which can be found under the show post at hopenet360.com. And there you'll also find the podcast after the show and all that. We'll get to that later on in the show, how you can subscribe to that and and find the podcast, share it with your friends, because this is a great conversation about uh, something that so many of us face. You could be a leader, you can be a teenager, a student, you can be someone who is working a nine to five or a 11 to seven overnight shift, doesn't matter who you are. Oftentimes we get into a place in our life where emotionally we're burned out and it leads us to other areas of our life that we just are draining, not just ourselves, but then we kind of become a drain to others. We want to help you if you're at that point tonight and you feel like you're just burned out, you're drained, your energy is just depleted. How do you get that back tonight? And I want to give you some practical steps on that as well. We talked about a couple of things, one being burned out, the other thing, our desire and our need. For some reason, we have this thing wired within us to control either the people around us or the situations that are happening in our life. We try to put our hands on the process a lot. And oftentimes it just muddies things up. So we talked about that. If you missed that part of the show, Dave, you know, burnout is such a funny thing and you know, when you're burned out, but I think sometimes we've used it in our own ways to get out of either the job that we're in, or we've just tried to excuse it and said, well, everybody gets burned out. Everybody deals with this. So, you know, why am I any different? Why does it matter? How do I, I don't know if I can ever get really get out of this. That's not a great place to live in. I'm sure people don't want to stay burned out forever in their life. What are some ways that you found in your life that really helped to manage that stress, that burnout? Sometimes just watching other people. Um, there's there's friends that I have that I know the minute I ask them how they're doing, they're going to tell me how many hours they're working and, and how tough work is. And, and, and their whole life revolves around that. I'm not overly concerned with their work. I'm concerned with them. And that's mm-hmm. a big difference. I think what happens sometimes is we get burned out too much when um, we have non-relational activities that we're always involved in. Mm. And, and the non-relational activities, we're doing them just for non-relational purposes. We try and make them relational. For example, someone might say, I go to work so that I can take care of my family. You know, honestly, you'd probably take care of your family better if you were poorer and spent more time with them. That's the honest truth. Mm. It, those people that are just saying, well, you know, we have a certain lifestyle we have to maintain. No, you, you're going to find out in life. I mean, think of what we're, we're training the children to do. We're, we're training children to think that love is equated to money and gifts and comfort and that kind of thing. When it's not, there are many people who don't have those things that can love very strongly. And so to keep that level up gets to be a burden. We should be able to not have the pressure of keeping the level so high on the, the comfort and finance zone that it, that the comfort comes from us holding our loved ones, that the comfort comes from us being in the presence of our loved ones, not being absent from them and sending them checks to take care of or sending them or giving them stuff instead of giving them ourselves. 
I'll give you an example. I think there's a, a guy, many young guys that have gone to work and they've, they've ended up working odd shifts. When somebody comes to me and one did recently and said, I'm working a 10 to 10 shift, 10 in the morning to 10 at night. Mm. And I looked at him and said, how's that working for you? He goes, terrible. I said, yeah. I said, why? He goes, well, because I don't have any relationships in this shift. I said, well, then I'd quit. Well, I said, well, I wouldn't quit. I would go to my boss and say, you know what? Relationships are more important. And either I get a different shift or I have to leave because I'm not going to do this. And he looked at me almost funny, but then he said, well, and I said, are relationships really important to you? Yes. Well, you're not acting like they are. (laughs) You're acting like the money's really important to you. Mm -hmm. Now, you want to be burned out? There's a situation right there where you're going to be burned out because you're doing something that really begins to be a burden to you that you begin to hate because it robs you. I think that that's one of the key things is to understand God wired you a certain way. And if you're not in your life, if you're not loving him and you're not loving others, and that's not why you're doing all the things that you're doing, you're in danger of burning out. And by loving people, I don't define that as sending them money. You know, we do that uh, as a nation. We send money all over the world. And I'm not sure you'd say I love all those people. (laughs) Giving money does not equate with loving somebody and caring for them. Most children can be very satisfied with an empty paper box. Yeah. (laughs) You can go out and buy an expensive something. but Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but they can be very happy with paper. Oh, or boxes or... Crawling on you. Or, yeah. Wrestling with you. Going for a walk with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, hand them 20 bucks. They'll scrunch it up, eat it, put it in their ear. You know, (laughs) who cares? That's so true. They want you. Right. All right, that says something. You know, at the most basic foundational level of all life is relationships, not money. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and, uh, you know, even going off what Dave said, I think think that's the key is that we need to to reprioritize our expectations. You know, because even in everyday life, you know, we've used different examples here throughout the show. But, I mean, even if you're at home... You know, whether you're married or unmarried, whether you're in a relationship, I think a lot of the times when that stress comes about, your priorities or your expectations are selfish. You know, you expect something in return rather than just going out of your way to make sure that that other person's needs are met. And that goes back to what even Dave was getting at. You know, we need to love God, have that be our focus, and then love others. And part of loving others isn't loving them so that we expect them to do something for us. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that in other shows too, but just to love them, you know, without any ties or, or return expectations. So, so would you love people more, Jason, if you won $5,000 a week for life? No. <laughs> no. See, that's kind of the issue. Right. If people hoping that the publisher's clearinghouse thing is going to land their way because it would give them what they need in life to be successful. Right. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. It would just, it would, might take away one problem, but it would create thousand yeah. other problems. And, and I'm not against if someone wins that, great. Um, you know, I'll give you the address for Silverbird Trance and you could be very helpful. But <laughs> in, in the same in the same realm, it's not going to. Right. You know, in fact, there there's a problem right there. If you win that, I just said, I'll give you that address. We'll give you the address for Q90. How many other, uh, you know, nonprofits will knock at your door mm-hmm. at that point? Well, not yeah. only that, I mean, you look at people who win the lottery, Yeah. you know, and years later, they're... They're wrecked. They're wrecked. They're broke. See, the wrong expectations. We think that if this circumstance were different in life, if this circumstance changed, I'd be okay. What if we were made to be okay in the circumstance? Yeah. That's a whole different ballgame. 
And that's what we have to work towards. And, and if you think the circumstance has to change, and by the way, some does have to change. Um, if, if you're living in sin, that's not what I'm saying. That Oh, yeah, you should just enjoy it. No. The obvious sinful lifestyle is never going to be okay. You will always burn out. It will never deliver. Yep. But in life, if you, like I am, I have narcolepsy, I have some other things. I didn't cause those things. So either I am victorious through the circumstances mm-hmm. or I let the circumstances control me to the point where I say I'm so tired of being tired in narcolepsy or whatever it might be that they begin to control me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in trouble. You know, that, that phrase, victory through the circumstances, having victory through the circumstances, a lot of times life isn't peachy keen. You don't get to choose some things that happen in life. A lot of times we face situations that are uncomfortable, and we talked about this in the last few episodes, uh, but we, we go through things in life that are not comfortable, and those things emotionally become a drain. Yep. Say you lose a good friend in a car crash, and... You know, heaven forbid that happens to you. you. You face that reality. Some of you have been through some really deep pains in your life. These things aren't meant to feel good. They're a problem with the world we live in, which is dictated by our sinful nature, and it's an, it's an effect of sin. But the reality is we still feel the emotional strain of those things. And, Dave, I love that phrase, victory in the midst of circumstances. I think you can still have an attitude that says, I am victorious even though my current situations show otherwise or would maybe say otherwise. We talked about Paul as well. He was shipwrecked. He went through so many things that emotionally should have torn him down. They should have just brought him to a point where he was completely broken, had nothing left to give, and yet he wrote many of our New Testament books from a prison cell. Why is this? Why does this happen? I think, Dave, you've got some great thoughts. I want to connect with those in the next part of our show. Remember, you can chat with us right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV or shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. We'd love to connect with you here on the show, and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Wrapping things up here on HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this, you can go back and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. And you can download every single episode. Leave us a review. We hope you would do that. Take a few minutes or just a few moments. And let us know what you think of the show, some of the shows we've done, some of the different topics. They're all there at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. So, Jeff, Dave, Jason with you on the show. It's been a great conversation, guys. Lots to talk about, especially when we're talking about emotional margin in our life and things that tend to wear on us emotionally. We are emotional beings, even if you're Swedish like Dave. What? You still have some kind of emotion in what there. What are you talking about? There it is. <laughs> There's some emotion. There was. That's about as much as you're going to get. It, it probably is. It probably is. But there it is. There's a little bit of emotion. Every one of us has some emotion in our life and mm. some things that just drain us emotionally. And we've talked a lot about you know the things situationally, wanting to balance our life out and balance between our work life or things going on in our life. We're kind of seeking this balance thing. I think, Dave, it'd be great to hear some of your thoughts on that whole idea of balance and maybe talk about how Paul lived a balanced life. Yeah, you know, I think one of the most important things for us to grasp is the idea of what balance really is because we use words, but we don't really know what they mean. Balance is basically allowing us to keep the things that are important, important. 
and not having the things that are unimportant dictate what's important. Mm-hmm. Now, you might have to go listen to that again because I can't say it again. <laughs> but the, the, in Romans uh, 15, the 20th verse, the Apostle Paul said, And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul knew what he was about. Because he knew what he was about, he was able to continue strong no matter what the circumstances were. He knew God, he loved God, he loved people, so he knew he wasn't in control, and then he had a goal that was in line with what God had for him to do. So whether he was put in prison, if he was handcuffed in prison, he could look at the guards on either side of him and say, have you ever heard about Jesus? No, Ah, I win. Why? I asked, my ambition has been to preach the gospel where it hasn't been preached, and it hasn't been preached in this cell yet. And okay, well, we'll throw you out in the street and he sees people out there. Have you heard about Jesus? No, I win. Well, let's put you before a governor. In the governor, have you heard about Jesus? No, I win. Well, we're going to put you in the synagogue. I win. We're going to stone you over here. These guys stoning me. Do you know about Jesus? I win. You know, I mean, no matter where he went and the ship, he got shipwrecked. I win on an island. I win. See, he understood what his purpose was. He understood that God was in control. And he lived his life, worked hard, by the way. He was a tent maker. He wouldn't take things from other people. He worked hard, but he also knew who was in control. And he did things so that actually his ambition, which was right, could be achieved. If I was talking to to young people and those that might be older that are listening, you need to set your ambition in line with what God has put in you to do. For me, it was to be here at Silver Birch Ranch, so I get to come here every day and live a life that I think God put in my my heart to live. And um, it's not about just making money. Whatever you do, you're going to be able to do and enjoy if you know what it is. And money isn't going to be it because God, Jesus said, you can't serve God in money. But you were made to serve him. You weren't made to serve money, so you have to decide which end of that you're going to do. And therefore, if you did win the Publishers Clearinghouse, it wouldn't change a whole lot in what you would do. It might even be a burden to you a little bit because you have to figure out why did God give me this now? Hmm. Because it's in the context of what God's doing, not in the context of what you're doing. Jason, what do you think about emotional margin? I think as we talk about this, one of the things, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of ideas, you know, how relationships is important, you know, knowing the bigger picture that God has a plan and that our you know, intentions and expectations to align with that. And when we do that, it might cause us to, to take steps that are bold. You know, we've talked about different illustrations where maybe you're at work and it's just you're doing it for the sake of doing it and you're not really enjoying it. Well, maybe it, it, it takes a step of faith and boldness for you to say, you know what, this isn't what I need to do. I need to do something else. And I think that God honors those things, you know, not saying that it'll be easy, but I think it it's those steps that we need to take keeping God at the center of our lives. And so as we talk about this, it's, it's, some of it's easy and some of it's not easy, but that's where we need to start, you know, putting our uh, faith into action and taking those steps of boldness, trusting in God's promises, because he's what it's all about. And that's part of loving God with all that we are and then putting others first. And if we're faithful to that, then God will continue to use us and help us to see who he is um, and that we can trust him. He's bigger, as Dave said before, he's bigger than us, he's older than us, and we can trust him, you know, and that's, that's the important thing, especially as we try to figure out how does this apply to my life? How does this apply to my current situation? How do I keep myself to have that margin in my life so that I can trust in God in every moment? 
And that's so important, Jason, because so many times in our life, we just get thinking, well, I'm just stuck. This is the way it's going to be. This is, all, this is the way it's always going to be. And we, we lose sight that we actually have a choice in the matter, whether we're feeling burned out or we're feeling discontent with something going on at our workplace or even at school. I, I think that there's a, a segment of our listeners who are thinking, well, then I just want to quit school. I want to be done. I want after the first day of school, I, I'm ready to be done with this. I don't I don't need to do school again tomorrow. I, this isn't what I'm wired to do. And I think that would probably be a little short-sighted to say the least, but not that school is absolutely important. It's not the most important thing. Your relationship with God, I think, is the thing that we've neglected to talk about somewhat in tonight's show and that we're oftentimes feeling burned out because we've allowed our time with God to be cut back further and further. Usually when life is stressful, when things aren't going the way we want them to go, that's when we cut out God because usually we want to be right tight with God when things are going really well in our life. And when things are going bad, sometimes we get drawn to God, but other times we feel like for some reason, this is God's way of, of punishing us for something unknown to us at the time. And I think our attitude has definitely got to be checked. We've got to look at it and say, okay, am I feeling burned out? Yes. Okay. So let's make a little flow chart here. I'm, I'm feeling burned out. What's the thing that usually goes first? It's usually your spiritual life. Something there is disconnected. God's not a vindictive God where he's trying to punish you for the lack of time you're spending with him. Sometimes, though, he wants to get your attention. Sometimes he's also looking at how to shape your character in the midst of it. I think you find out a lot about yourself. You find out a lot about who you are in the midst of adversity. So when you're faced with adversity, don't blame God for that. Look at it as an opportunity, just like James talks about. Count it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you're faced with trials of many kinds, that you rejoice in knowing God that he is he has the plan. The other part of this that I think is so important to talk about is we have to know whose plan we're living out. Are we living out my own plan or am I living out God's plan? Yeah. And uh, Dave was wrapping things up. Any thoughts about that on my plan, God's plan? What Burnout, I think, a lot of times comes and then we become disappointed or angry with God. And uh, I want to warn our listeners, if you are disappointed or angry with God, you don't know him. Burnout comes from not spending the time we need to with God, and we start to put other priorities in place that shouldn't be priorities. And, and, and now we start taking burdens that aren't ours and all kinds of things that are out of whack. It starts with getting back to square one, knowing God, and then you can begin to love others like you should and put things in perspective. And uh, we're here to help you and uh, HopeNet360.com with, with live coaches are there to help you. We want to see you get over that. All right. You can always connect with us, too. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Also tonight, this is a big conversation. We love reading your emails. Thanks for sending in your emails to Hope at HopeNet360.com. We love to hear from you tonight. If you still have a thought, you have something to say about this whole idea of burnout and emotional margin. It's not the end of the conversation. Again, these are just beginning points for your conversations this week. And I hope today, if you felt burned out, if you feel like life is just not going well for you and you don't know if you really want to go into the same thing tomorrow, I just want to encourage you, look at your life emotionally. Look at where you're at tonight and know that God is a God who can restore those things. Oftentimes, he's going to help shape our attitude and change our mindset and our way of thinking. So if you need help with any of that tonight, a live coach would be a great option for you. Go and chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. While you're there, you'll find the show notes for tonight's show and the podcast. Go ahead and subscribe and share those with your friends as well. For all of us here on the show, thanks so much for joining us here tonight on HopeNet Radio. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. Later. Thank you.